No union is more profound than marriage, for it embodies the highest ideals of love, fidelity, devotion, sacrifice, and family. In forming a marital union, two people become something greater than once they were. As some of the petitioners in these cases demonstrate, marriage embodies a love that many endure even past death. It would misunderstand these men and women to say they disrespect the idea of marriage. Their plea is that they do respect it, respect it so deeply that they seek to find its fulfillment for themselves. Their hope is to not be condemned to live in loneliness, excluded from one, from one of civilization's oldest institutions. They ask for equal, equal dignity in the eyes of the law. The Constitution grants them that right. That is the official ruling by the Supreme Court when we, as the gay community, finally got the right to get married. But it took so long to get there, and we have so much more progress to make. How do we get there, though? How do we get here, though, I mean? Well, you're just, you're just going to have to keep listening to find out. Hello all my fans, all my fellow fans of The Strange and Unusual. My name is Valentine, if you're new here, and welcome to episode 10 of Night Talk. Today, since it's Pride Month, we will be talking all about the history of the LGBTQIAA community. Before we get into the episode, though, follow all the social medias to keep updated on when we post new episodes. We post every Saturday and Sunday at 10 p.m., and you don't want to miss it. Link in the description of the episode, as usual. Do you need any mental health-related help? On my link tree with my, like, with my regular social medias, I've provided links to where you can get the, the help you need. Places like the National Suicide Prevention Hotline or other helplines like that. You'll see when you click the link. If you just need someone to talk to, I am just a DM away. I have also included the same link in the same link places where you can donate to help the LGBTQIA plus youth and or just people in the community that are in need. Please donate if you can. Okay, let's get into the episode. Before Stonewall. So we're, we're going to be se sectioning this episode in the part. So it'll be before Stonewall, during Stonewall, and like what happened at Stonewall, and then like after Stonewall and what that, what that like caused, if that makes sense. Okay, so let's get into it. The first part is going to be before Stonewall, the first gay rights organization. In 1924, Henry Gerber, a German immigrant, found in Chicago the Society for Human Rights, which was the first documented gay rights organization in history. According to History.com, during his U.S. Army service in World War I, Gerber was inspired to create his organization by the Scientific Humanitarian Committee, a homosexual emancipation Emancipation group in Germany. The organization published a few newsletters, which were the first gay interest new newsletters ever created. 
the Pink Triangle. During World War II, the Nazis held homosexual men in concentration camps and made them wear pink triangles as a brand. This brand was unfortunately also given to sexual predators, which puts a bad rap on gay folk, you know? Like, puts a bad rap on them from the start. It's, it's insane. L let me continue. The homophile years. In 1950, Harry Hay founded the Machine, the Madachine, Madachine, forgive me if I mispronounce that foundation because I, for some reason, I can't, I can't pronounce that right now. One of the nation's first gay rights groups. The Los Angeles organization coined the term homophile, which was considered less clinical and more focused on sexual activity than homosexual, which I think is insane. The group expanded when a founding member named Dale Jennings was arrested in 1952 for solicitation and then set free later due to a deadlocked jury. At the end of the year, Jennings formed another organization called One Inc. He and Harry Hay also kicked, also kicked out the, the Medicine Foundation name. That, that's when they turned that into the Medicine Society. And they were all, there were also many societies and organizations over the years that were created along with this society. One major early setback. During the, these early years, the LGBTQIAA plus community had one major setback. The American Psychological Association listed homosexuality as a mental health disorder in 1952. The following year, Dwight D. Eisenhower signed an, ex an, an executive order that gay people couldn't get federal jobs. This ban was in effect for 20 years afterwards. 20 years afterwards, guys. And it didn't, it didn't get erased until, I believe, the 1970s, which is insane. Gay rights in the 1960s. In 1961, Illinois was the first state to do away with its anti-sodomy laws, effectively decrim decriminalizing homosexuality. Also that year, the first gay documentary came out called The Rejected. In 1965, Dr. John Olivan, in his book, coined the term transgender to refer to someone born in the wrong body slash sex, but more than 10 years earlier, transgender people entered the American consciousness when, Christ when Christian Jor Jor Jorgensen, excuse me if I mispronounced that last name, came out as a trans woman following her gender-confirming surgery. Despite this progress, people of the LGBTQIAA community were still being harassed and persecuted, unfortunately. Bartenders sometimes during this time would also deny people in the LGBTQIAA community the right to drink in bars. They would even sometimes kick them out altogether. They, would, they also would make them sit away and face away from the other customers to make them not socialize with other customers, which makes me so sad to, to think about. I, I, it hurts my heart so much. In 1966, members of the Medicines Society had a sip-in. This is where they visited taverns, declared themselves gay, and then waited to be turned away so they could sue the, the, um, the, the bar, so they could sue people. Um, here's what happened at Stonewall. Stonewall Inn. It, it was an institution in Greenwich Village because it was large, cheap, allowed dancing and welcomed drag queens and homeless youths. 
Stonewall Riots. In the early hours of June 28, 1969, New York City police raided the Stonewall Inn. According to History.com, fed up with years of police harassment, patrons and neighborhood residents began throwing objects at police as they loaded the, they loaded the arrested into police vans. The scene the scene eventually exploded into a full-blown riot, with subsequent protests that lasted for five more days. Two transgender women of color, Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera, were said to have resisted arrest and thrown the first bottle or brick or stone at the cops. They are known as two of the biggest people in the gay rights movement. After Stonewall, shortly after Stonewall, the members of the Medicine Society split off to form a new group called the Gay Liberation Front. This was a radical group that launched public demonstrations, protests, and confrontations with political officials. Similar, similar groups in, followed, including the Gay Activist Alliance, Radical Lesbians, and, and Street Transvestites Action Re Revolutionaries. Transvestite is a very outdated term. That was just the term back then. I'm gonna make that clarification right now. So that, that is a very outdated term. Uh, in, in 1970, at the one-year anniversary of the Stonewall riots, New York City New York City community members marched through local streets in, com in commemoration of the, of the event. This was considered the country's first gay pride parade. They also turned the once dis disreputable pink triangle into a symbol of gay pride, which I think is beautiful. They took a, they took a symbol that was once like making gay people like look really bad into making gay people look really beautiful and i think that's pretty cool so i think i think that's pretty cool it's a i i i give a nod to the early the early people in the movement um political victories since the increased visibility in activism in the 1970s that helped the movement make progress on multiple fronts in 1977, the New York Supreme Court ruled that a transgender woman named Renee Richards could play at the U.S. Open Tennis Tournament as a woman, which is beautiful, in my opinion. Additionally, a ton of LGBT individuals were able to secure public office for the first time. Harvey Milk, who campaigned on a pro-gay rights platform, became the San Francisco city supervisor in 1978. This made him the first openly gay man elected to a po political office in California. Harvey asked Gilbert Baker, an artist and gay rights activist, to create an emblem that represents the, the movement and would be seen as a symbol of pride. This would eventually uh, this would turn out to be the first gay rights flag. So, which I believe, which is pretty cool. Um, sorry, I got lost in my notes here. Um, there we go. Um, this is when he stitches the first rainbow flag, which he unveiled at a, a, at a pride parade in 1978. The following year, in 1979, more than 100,000 people took part in the first national march on Washington for lesbian and gay rights. The outbreak of AIDS. 
Then the outbreak of AIDS in the U.S. dominated the struggle for gay rights in the 1980s into the early 1990s. By 1984, researchers had identified the cause of AIDS, the human immunodeficiency virus, or HIV, and the Food and Drug Administration licensed the first commercial blood test for HIV in 1985. Two years later, the first HIV medication became available. Then in 1987, the next march for gay rights was held. The Don't Ask, Don't Tell. In 1992, Bill Clinton, during his campaign to become president, promised he would lift the ban against gays in the military. After failing, he passed the Don't Ask, Don't Tell policy, which allowed gay men and women to serve in the military, but they had to keep their, se their sexuality a secret. This did little to actually help discrimination against gay people in the military. They were even still getting kicked out. In 2011, President Obama officially re repealed the, the policy on September 20th, gay marriage and beyond. In 1992, the District of Columbia passed a law that allowed gay and lesbian couples to register as domestic partners, only giving them some rights of marriage. The city of San Francisco passed a similar ordinance three years prior, and California would later extend those rights to all of California in 1999. Then, over the years, in the 1990s, there were different kinds of bans and laws being passed. Things like the Defense of Marriage Act. In 2015, gay marriage was finally ruled to be legal by the Supreme Court in June of that year. The Matthew Shepard Act. In 2009, in 2009, President Obama, President Barack Obama signed into law a new hate crime act. This act was called the Matthew Shepard Act. This act was a response to the 1998 murder of 21-year-old Matthew Shepard. I don't want to get too much into what happened to him here because I'm doing a full episode on him actually tomorrow. But uh, this case is so tragic, and so I'm glad that they passed a law named after him to prevent what happened to Matthew to happen again, if, if that makes sense. All because he was just trying to be himself, you know? Uh, transgender rights. One day after the 2015 ruling to make, to make same-sex marriages illegal throughout the country, the Boy Scouts of America officially lifted its ban against openly gay leaders and employees of the Boy Scouts. According to History.com, in 2016, the U.S. military lifted its ban on transgender people serving openly a month after Eric Fanning became a Secretary of the Army and the first openly gay Secretary of a U.S. military branch. In March of 2018, President Donald Trump announced a new transgender policy for the military that again banned most transgender people from military service. On January 25th, 2021, though, his sixth day in office, uh, President Biden signed an executive order overturning this ban. Thank you so much, President Biden.
As you can see from what I've said in this episode, we have made a ton of progress when it comes to acceptance of the LGBTQIAA community. There is also a ton we need to do to continue the progress we are making. There is a ton that still that needs to be done and Gen Z kids like me and many others, I feel like, can make a lasting impact on this situation if we just stand up and do the right things. Things like vote in different elections that make sure certain laws get passed, voting in a particular voting in a particular member of the government, protesting different different laws, different like bad laws and donating donating to different charities can help so much in this. Like I said earlier, I'll leave a link in the description to the right links if if you'd like to help this cause because it's super important. Okay, that is all I have for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Just a quick reminder before we leave to follow all the social medias to keep updated on, on when we post new content. We have new episodes out every Saturday and Sunday at 10 p.m. MST, and it's always a ton of fun. Alrighty then, whether I talk to you on the podcast or on social media, I'll talk to you then. This is Valentine signing out.